the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. I'm Stuart. We're both property people running our own businesses. This podcast is just us chatting, as we often do, about anything and everything property. Before we get into the, the main topic we're going to chat about today, I thought I'd just, just slip in a, a little tiny curiosity update. So a few weeks, maybe months ago now, we talked a bit about a block of flats that was up for auction in Red Hill that I was arming and ahhing about perhaps being interested in. And it turns out that I decided against it. And the block went to auction and was sold actually for the, the guide price, which I think was quite a good good price for it. And then a few weeks ago, I saw that the top flat in that block, which was, was empty at the point of the, the previous auction, had been put back into auction again, just as a, a vacant leasehold flat. The block as a whole, which had four flats in it, was purchased at auction for 550000 And the, the top flat on its own, which is a two-bed flat in Red Hill, quite close to the town centre, so good location, was put in with a guide price of 110000 And the, the auction has now happened. So I can tell you that it then went through quite a few bids, just between three bidders, I think, from the looks of it, and it sold for 168000 which is still quite cheap for a two-bed flat in Red Hill. Now, I think that top flat needed a little bit of work because there, there were photos of that on the, on the previous auction listing, and I haven't actually looked at the, the flat listing itself, but there, there might be some there as well. And it did need a little bit of work. There, there was a little bit of decoration and, and sort of other tidying up bits and pieces that were needed. But what, what do you think to that, Stuart? Somebody bought this block of four flats, two of which are on an AST or on, on a separate ASTs, so rented out for rental income. And another one had been already sold on a, on a leasehold. And they decided rather than rent out this third empty flat, that they actually had full ownership of, rather than do it up and rent it out, they decided to to sell it in its current state as a as another leasehold flat. I I'm not sure I understand that logic. Do you do you have any thoughts on what that what the logic is behind that, Stuart? Yeah. What were the um? So the, the, they've sold the two bed. What were the other flats in terms of number of beds? Oh crikey! Now you're asking. <laughs> um, I think. I think they were either two or three beds. I think, I think, I think there must have been two beds. Mate. Uh, yeah, think, thinking about the amount of rent that I recall them fetching, maybe they were I don't know, two or three beds anyway. Yeah, well, you're you're right. I mean, I've just looked at the the flat that was sold, and actually, I'd call it a standard. Obviously, we don't know what uh, skeletons are in the closets in terms of works that need to be done, but when you look at it, it's. I mean, the, the kitchen you'd. I've seen worse in existing rental properties, but if you were going to do it, you'd, you'd, you'd rip the kitchen out. Basically, just needs a full run-through, redecoration, carpeting, but that's it, really. So I think, uh, yeah, it depends on what the other flats are, but if you think, let, let's just say, they, so they bought the whole thing at 550, did you say? Yeah. Yeah, so, and that was for four flats. Yes, although it's the, it's the freehold for the building, one of those four flats has already been sold on a leasehold, so you don't really get full ownership of that. So it's it's the building plus three of the flats within it. They bought really. 
right building and free flats well it, i mean i guess for me it's um I, i've done I, I guess they're just unlocking capital so i can understand it because if, if they worked it out so if it was the building plus three you even if you average that out at 550 divided by three and you say well each flat was costing well, one eight three, and that's why it depends on the prices. But as you and I know, to to get that two bed flat in its current condition for one six eight in in the area that it's in, within a very short walk to the station, Red Hill is being massively rede- redeveloped right now. So we know there's going to be capital growth. So you'd say whoever's got that for one six eight, I think, has done pretty well. But then from the the people that have bought the house, for me, if you if you've if you've borrowed against the 550, assuming a 70% loan to value, you, you might have borrowed, therefore, 385, which meant you were in, he's desperately trying to do his... Uh, 165. 165. That's your cash out. So yeah, that's, you know, that, that's very rough back of the fag packet numbers from me, but that's how I would see that working because then you go, okay, We've now taken the capital out that we put into that development. Look, yeah, we've got stamp duty. You've got legal fees. You, you know, the uh, I don't know who did the leasehold, but if if they bought it because the lease the lease was extended in December, so there's a high likelihood that they've done that. So that's going to cost a few quid. But they might be coming out relatively cash neutral to take that capital and put somewhere else, and they've got this block of flats now. So that that would be my thinking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I think that that's a good logic, isn't it? So it's your your sort of classic. B R R R without one of the R's, in fact, sort of without two of them. So you, they, they bought it, and then they've they've taken their cash out of it by selling a little bit of it. So yeah, as you say, they they probably put in one hundred sixty five thousand deposit plus legals and stamp and whatever else, and then effectively they took out one hundred sixty eight thousand selling selling that extra flat. So yeah, as you say, they've now effectively bought two flats plus the freehold for the, the whole building, for nothing. Yeah, and and I think about I, I, I bought a, and I didn't, I, I wish I could say I was smart enough to have thought in advance about what I was doing in that relation, but I bought a, the 13 bed, which we've mentioned before, which is actually a seven bed house and a six bed house. In truth, I did think about the possibility of splitting the freeholds when I bought it. So I, I probably do myself a disservice actually i did think about it but i hadn't thought about it properly that's not why i bought it i bought it because i wanted the 13 beds and it was in a great location however i have since split the freehold so i've invested in splitting the freehold so now i have two properties instead of the one and i am at this very moment in time considering whether i just sell one of those they're now both 100 percent occupied from september onwards because they're student properties so from september on uh, they will be fully occupied. And I'm thinking, given where we are in the market, it might be the right time for me to cash in on one. So I still, I'm still left with a property that is cash flowing, but I might be able to get some more capital out. That, that's the thing when I think about properties is, and I now use the word, and I used to hate the word liquidity because it just sound, makes everything sound more complex than it is. But the liquidity of property is quite tough because as we know, mo- so much money gets tied in. So bringing it back to just this example i can understand that because what that what you don't want as an investor is pretty much 200k tied up in a property when you want to you want to get on and do stuff yeah i mean i was when i was looking at purchasing the the block i was looking really 
to, effectively to try and tie up my capital because I was looking for, for property, and fellow still am obviously, looking for property to buy that my capital can sit in and earn a reasonable return. And, and one of my one of my sort of buying principles is that I'd like to own the freehold for building the whole whole building. And hence, I wouldn't really want to buy a building and then sell bits inside it. Hence why I probably didn't think of this, this strategy. But it is actually quite a good one, isn't it? In terms of being able to, to end up owning some flats, some, some property, effectively with, with very little money down. It's just another way of uh, extracting cash out of a deal and, and going again with your cash, basically. And end up with near infinite return. This is why, for me, it's so important. And and this was an auction property, which makes me think of it. Why you should be very clear about not you, but one should be very clear on what one's objectives are, because you might find yourself sitting in a room bidding based on your objectives, and someone else has got very different objectives and bidding for a very different reason. And this is why it's so important. Because if you if you start bidding against someone that's got a very different strategy that that we might not have even considered. And then are going to lose our margin or end up with a property that's not profitable because we're bidding against someone that's going to do something completely different. So it's, that is why it's so important because you 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 had very different objectives uh, looking at it that versus clearly the person that that actually went through and bought it. Indeed, yeah. And they now they going forwards they have a very different sort of business plan, obviously for that property. There's a building with four flats in of which they only own two really fully um, and then they are obviously the freeholder for the other two and one of the reasons that I didn't go ahead with buying that property is because I wasn't sure I wanted to be the freeholder of a block with a leasehold flat in it which is obviously the situation with that block was one of the flats was already a, a sold off leasehold and of course the, the strategy that they were taking utilize that fact rather than rather than shying away from it very very interesting and also that capital out will undoubtedly now can be used to invest in the other properties because i'd understand they'd probably need refurbishing and development themselves yep yep indeed so so while i decided not to go ahead with that property because i didn't want that particular strategy i am now sitting here thinking oh wow i could have got two flats effectively for nothing that's really gutting. <laughs> so, should we move on to what the main thing we we're going to talk about today? Even yes. though we've now only got less than half of the podcast time left. <laughs> <laughs> so, I recently had a change of tenants in one of my properties. And I managed most of, pretty much all of that process myself. So, the old tenants gave notice. There was paperwork and things to sort out with that they reported some repairs that needed doing so i had to sort out repairs then actually i'm, I'm going to go into a tiny bit more detail about that so they the repairs they reported there was a, a fence that had blown down that needed replacing a small wall at the, the front of the property which i'd known was was a bit rickety for a while had actually fallen down so those two things needed fixing and replacing the old tenants also reported uh, a roof leak, which I thought had been been mitigated and worked around, but in actual fact, probably hadn't. So there were, that did cause some damp inside the property as well. So the roof needed fixing. 
And then once the tenants moved out, I also needed to decorate and, and fix the, the damp problems as well. So the roof, the fence, and the the wall, I was able to to get planned and sorted out before the tenants moved out. And then there's the process of the tenants moving out. So there was a, the checkout, which was relatively straightforward, but obviously involves going there, looking around the property, comparing it to the, the previous inventory and taking meter readings and, and that sort of process, collecting keys, sort of the, the final bit. There's the getting the new tenants in, so advertising the property, fielding, well, emails effectively, responses from that, contacting those tenants, doing a bit of pre-screening, arranging viewings, which was between prospective new tenants and the current tenants at that point. They, they're actually um, good enough to, to do those, which obviously helped with the COVID precautions as well. But I was doing all the arranging for that. And then once a once some of those viewings happened and offers had come in and I'd accepted one of those offers, there was then tenant referencing that, that those tenants went through, some ongoing discussions with them around some of the, the details on that, and then sorting out new contract, taking deposits, protecting the deposit, sorting out all the other pre-tenancy paperwork, so gas safety certificate, electrical safety certificate, EPC, how to rent guide and probably some others which i'm forgetting off the top of my head just getting those sorted out of course in my case i use patma as my sort of property software and that handles most of that that paperwork element of it but still something to remember it also puts together the the new tenancy ast agreement for me and handles getting it signed e-signed online and stuff stuff so that that happened but then during, I, had, I deliberately had a little gap between the old tenants moving out and the new tenants moving in because I knew I needed to redecorate. Not not fully, but just a bit and sort out the, the mould and stuff as well. Inevitably, once you get into the house and start looking around, there's a few extra things that need touching up and sorting out. So there's some extra decoration that needed to go in, but, but that was fine. I took on the process of managing those repairs so I, I wasn't doing them. I'm not. I'm not a decorator. I'm not a not a painter. But I was. I went into the property. I prepared a list of all the stuff. Um, I met the decorator there. Ran through the list. Talked through all the bits that needed doing. And there was also some other bits that needed repairing. So there was a, a broken window latch. And then when I actually got to the property and started checking everything, I found a couple of the window hinges were gone as well. One of the double glazing panes, the panels had had blown as well. So I had condensation inside it so that needed replacing too so i then needed to find a a window person to come in and fix those bits and pieces i didn't actually do the finding of them myself i outsourced that to a virtual assistant but then once they'd been found and booked in it was me who met them at the property ran through the details of what was needing doing got the quote from them decided to go ahead booked in that visit and then i was back at the property again to let them in to to do the work during all of this and my ongoing fairly frequent visits there i noticed there was a a leak that the tenants hadn't told me about the old tenants this was a leak underneath one of the the toilets just in the the supply pipe so then i had to call out a plumber and again had to go back to the property to let them in and they they were able to fix that fairly easily so that that was good but it's another thing to obviously do and the other sort of tradesperson or tradespeople involved were cleaners. So there was specific carpet cleaning needing to be done, sort of professional carpet cleaning. The previous tenants had 
left some some marks and something. They, they'd hoovered and everything, but there were some some marks sort of stuck in the, the carpets that wanted to try and get out. So I had to get cleaners in to do that. And the cleaners were also going to, the, the tenants who cleaned the oven and, and other bits and pieces, the windows and things, okay-ish, but I wanted them to do those properly. And something the tenants hadn't cleaned was light switches and doors, which were covered in fingerprints and, and sort of general, generally didn't look as good as they should have. So I wanted to get them to as well. So again, I met cleaners at the property, showed them around, gave them a list of stuff that needed doing, got a quote from them. Again, I didn't find the ten. Find, sorry, I didn't find the cleaners originally. Virtual assistant helped me with that, but I was the one who met them at the property, got a quote, and then again went back to let them into the property to actually do the work. I didn't stay there while they were doing the work, so they were there for most of a day. But but I did did let them in, and while they were cleaning, they cleaned the bath, which meant they were running the bath. And when I went back to the property to lock up after them, I had discovered. That there was now water coming down one of the walls underneath the bath. So back to the plumber, get them to now come in at the very last minute because this was happening just before the, the tenants were due to move in. But again, back to the property, let the plumber in. They dismantled the side of the bath, looked underneath, replaced the, the waste connection and pipe that was leaking, put that back together. Um, and then after this was all just about finally done, the day before the tenants were, were due to move in, so I went back, updated the the inventory, which involves walking around every room, updating all of the condition reports, the, the details and things like that. For for a three-bed house, it takes a while to actually just go through that process and then update the documentation and things. And then tenants move in. Again, I was the one who met them there, ran through introduction to the, the property, tested the fire alarms, smoke detectors, etc. Et with them, showed them where the stopcock was. That's always an important thing. The tenants know where, where and how to turn off the water, just in case. And took me to readings and gave them the keys. So I did quite a lot of work on that. And I record my time quite meticulously, 24 hours a day. So I know how long this took me. And I spent six and a half days on this process. Oh, that's over the last three months or so from when the tenants gave me notice through to the new tenants moving in. About six and a half days. And most of that, or a good chunk of that anyway, was actually travelling to and from the property and being in the property whilst showing people around, letting tradespeople in and and things like that. Some of it was obviously paperwork and and that side of things as well. But but the majority of it was was travel and, and physically being at the property. I also spent some four and a half thousand pounds on repairs and cleaning. The old tenants have reimbursed almost 500 pounds for cleaning and window repairs where they'd broken one of the latches and carpet replacement. Um, so they'd, they'd actually put a burn mark on one of the carpets, obviously couldn't be cleaned out. So, so they were liable for replacing that carpet, which hasn't actually happened yet because I, I couldn't find carpet fitters in the in the time span. But they, they've covered that cost in preparation for that. And that 4500 also includes cost for advertising and a little bit of the time from the virtual assistant to help me be find the, the tradespeople. So the point of telling you all of this, which I'm sorry has taken a while, is to ask you, Stuart, 
what could I have done better? Should I have spent less time? Should I have spent more time and, and learned how to paint myself? Should I, should I have employed a tenant find agent? Would that have saved me time and money overall? Should I have handed it over to a managing agent? Would they have done this all for me and taken away all the headaches? How, how could I have configured this better? How, how could this overall cost, £4,500, six and a half days, how could that be less? What, what do you think, Stuart? What, what did I do well? What did I do badly? Well, it's, it's interesting because we, obviously we have differing ways of approaching things and I outsource a lot more. And I was interested to hear about what you use VAs for because that was quite interesting to me that you'd use VAs to find uh, the tradespeople. The short answer is just we've talked about this many times. I think it depends on on each of us. Like what? Because to me, six days in three months or six six and a half days in about three months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like a huge. You know, around two days a month. It's not a not a huge amount of your time, but it might be to somebody else. But it it still doesn't feel like a lot to me to have done that. And also, I just the thing I'm thinking is. I really need to get on top of my numbers because we we do a lot of repairs over the years. In fact, you know, we, we are measuring that. We use software to measure it. But it's, it's about ensuring that we recoup the money we should. So, again, I think a really good point is that you've you've recouped the money that, that you should have done from the tenants. And out of interest, did that come out of the, a, a deposit scheme or? Yep. So it was a, a group of three sharers. Only two of them were available for the checkout. But during that checkout, I had a copy of the inventory. I walked around the whole house with them. We looked at all these, the different bits. We checked the the cleaning levels. I'd sent them a a list actually in advance of the checkout saying, make sure you've cleaned all the things. Make sure you've cleaned to these standards. These are the things I'm going to check. Remember, you've got a copy of the inventory already. I'm going to check it against that. And we walked around. I, I don't know, 45 minutes or so probably I spent with them. On, on that evening, looking around the, the property. And at the end of that, I filled in a, a form as I was going around saying, these are the things that I've noticed that I think are, are going to need fixing that are outside general wear and tear. So marks on the carpets, light switches and doors not being cleaned properly, broken handle on, on the window were, were, the, were the main ones. So I'd written those down. I didn't have any estimated costs at all at that point because I, I just didn't know what, what they would would be. But I'd written them down and I got the tenants to to sign the, the paper saying that, that yes, they agreed they're, they're liable to these. And they're, they're, the tenants were very reasonable. They, they were perfectly accepting that, that those things did need sorting out and they, it was their responsibility. And then in the, the week or so after that, I then got quotes found out costs and things it actually took me a bit more than a week it was longer than I was hoping but but yes after that and then I went back to the tenants and said these are the quotes this is what I found this is what I think it will cost is that acceptable to you and they came back and said yes so so yes the, the deposit was held with the deposit protection service DPS so once they'd once they agreed to me that they were okay with it I submitted that information to the, to the DPS saying this is my my claim for the money, and the rest obviously goes to the tenants, and then DPS handled the rest of it. Obviously, double check that with the the tenants themselves. And yes, since then the, the money has been paid out, split between me and me and the tenants. 
Well, I'm sure I'm sure people listening would agree that in, in terms of your approach, it's it's very detailed, and as I would expect, knowing you, very uh, meticulous. And I, you, you've you've given us quite a good view of most of the repairs that have been done. I would imagine a lot of people would spend a lot more time and a lot more money having to do the same things that you've done. And actually, if you'd outsourced it via a letting agent or a managing agent, you, you know that whatever costs you're getting uh, are having anything between 10 and 20% applied to them. So you're, you're paying for that benefit. So I think in, in your position where that's what you do, isn't it? That, that six days or three months, I think that's, I think that's really good. My actually just so just just quickly on the adding ten to twenty percent the the cleaners or one of the cleaners that I showed round to to get quotes I was talking to for a bit and when I said or when it became evident during the conversation that I, I was actually the landlord they said oh oh okay right we won't add our twenty percent for agents then <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah it's not just the agents marking it up it's the the tradespeople as well potentially <laughs> right well that, I mean that's that's another conversation, isn't it? That's uh, that's a really interesting one to have, because if they're you know if, if they're adding on twenty percent and then the agent adds on ten percent for the for the thrill of having to pass it on to you, then you know you could be paying a lot higher. But uh, yeah, I mean the funny thing is because I've outsourced pretty much everything in terms of what we do as a business. But you know we we join the end of but you don't. You, I'm sure you told me very recently, a couple of weeks ago, that you, you'd been down to see your properties twice in a week. Or maybe it was twice in two weeks. I don't know. But you're, you're spending hours traveling to your properties and back just so you can, can check on things physically in person. So you're yeah. not outsourcing everything. Well, no, what I mean is, is in terms of, yeah, in, in the actual doing of stuff in terms of like the, the maintenance so you know the, the letting agent or the managing agent may well identify you know the, the plumbers or the you know the roofers which which happens i would say for 80 percent. but what i was going to say was actually that i am now trying to claw that back because i know that having looked at the numbers in my business there's just a lot, a lot of for want of a better word leakage because we, we're just spending too much money but you're right no i went down twice in I was down on down, you know, had a there, trip there and back on a Wednesday and a Thursday, and I was back down on the Monday purely because I just wanted to make sure that what needed to be done had been done. Uh, in summary, I, th- I think you know your model is a, v- a very good one, and I think is a good template for people that want to, you, you know, develop their property investment because it just means you also even if they want to go more, even more hands off. I mean, I think you're fairly hands off, but even more hands off that at least they know the rough price of things and i think that's the challenge that's half the battle so if i now if, let, let me cover the one that i don't think would work first if i'd gone with an introduction agent to do the reletting they would have done the advertising so it would save me about 50 quid they would have done the the phone calls and arranging viewings and things so that would have saved me i think less than a day in total but it would have cost me probably over a thousand pounds for this property in this area for a, for an introduction agent typically you'd, you'd lose a lot of your first month's rent for for a managing agent sorry yeah for an introduction agent yeah so i i don't think that would have been a very good trade-off because i mean they as just as an introduction agent they wouldn't have done repairs and, and managed tradespeople and stuff 
However, if I'd handed it over to a managing agent to look after the property or whatever and take, I don't know, 15% or so of, of the monthly rent for the, the new tenancy forevermore, then would they, do you think, have done all of that repair stuff? Would they have gone to the property, worked out what needed doing, contacted the tradespeople, let the tradespeople in, checked the work afterwards, and, and done all of that? And I mean, you, you obviously use managing agents to help you with this, so do they do that for you? Is, is there still anything you need to pick up from them? Would, it, I think really good agents would. And if you've got the right relationships, uh, I've got relationships, you know, even as we speak, I'm getting texts from an agent where we, we had an issue with beds. We just finished a, a refurb this week and, the, yeah, basically the beds didn't turn up. So we, we had a situation where I've got three people moving into a property today where there weren't beds. So the managing agent actually went down to the local furniture store that also I know I have relationships with, but he went down there, picked three beds, sent me photos, said, are these the sort of style you're looking for? Yeah, that's it. He's got them back there he's got someone to build them and you know that that's what i would expect a good agent to do but i don't expect them to do that from day one i think that takes relationship building and wider knowledge i think the the the, the thing that i think about as you're talking about it is what your time is valued at what one's time is valued at because i agree you know with the house that that we'll update on that that we'll be coming back on the market that we thought had sold. I'm now thinking actually maybe I'll just do that myself now, and you know in the sales arena save myself a few grand versus um, the lettings because that is it's quite eye watering that on another property we've just finished when we rent out the by the room we do we lose the first well the first month rent is. It's deposit, but then we have a lot of fees now because obviously there's all of the tenant fees have been removed. Guess who's footing those bills? Well, usually us. And essentially, for the first month's rent, I don't really see much of it. I'd see five to ten percent of it. So I'm actually coming back more your way, even though it's a different model because obviously multi-letting rooms is different to single properties. There's a lot more of of all of the things that you've talked about, but. I think even that first month makes a big difference. And then, of course, you compound that by if they're out in six months, we've got to go again. So it could be that in one year we lose two months rent and then all of a sudden is the property as as valuable as it was. So I think the the things I think about are the value of my time. So you've you've obviously valued your time higher than selecting tradespeople. So you've outsourced that. And you think, actually, I would trust a plumber or a decorator to do this better than me and I'll trust the VA to pick those and actually my time is better spent doing whatever else it is you want to do so um, there's that but also you know you talk about the thousand pounds and the viewings but again if you can get all those in a in a compact amount of time if it's accessible enough I think well it makes sense doesn't it and again it's, it's if the if your time and effort would be better spent elsewhere but when you put it forward as you do then I immediately think Actually, that may, it all makes sense to me. It's just if you had a property where the viewings were coming in sporadically across a week, then who would want? You know, we wouldn't we wouldn't want us because it's not just a day. And like you said, when I travel, it's not just the time spent at a property; it's the time to and from and everything else. Yeah, yeah. So while you've been 
been talking, I, I agree completely with what you've been saying. I've just done some quick sums. So if I'd handed the property over to a managing agent for just the first year, so obviously if, if the tenants stayed for longer, then the managing agent would keep collecting money for longer. But just for the first year, that would have cost me in the region of £2,700, I think, for this mm. property. Obviously divided by six and a half days, that works out at £415 a day. So back when I was doing consulting, that, that's not quite my what my day rate was, but that's a, a good amount of money to to have saved. <laughs> and indeed, if, if the ten, if the agent letting agent was earning that, then, uh, then yeah, that's a, a, a good day rate for them. Of course, they would be responsible for the property for the next year, and there may be other maintenance issues that come up and things. So they, they may do other work during that year as well to to reduce that. But but yeah, I, I think I think it. it Six and a half days. When I when I first worked these figures out, I thought six and a half days to have spent on this this process was a lot. It was more than I thought I had spent, and it was more than I wanted to have spent. But but yeah, when when you compare it to the the alternatives, and especially seeing as two thousand seven hundred for the management fee, as you say, the tradespeople may have got more expensive as well. So. It, it may well be more than that. So I, I, overall, yeah, perhaps perhaps I didn't do too badly on on balancing money versus time. I, I think from my own point of view, I could potentially have outsourced a bit more. So I did get a, a VA to help me with the the finding some of the tradespeople, but I did do some of it myself as well. So, for example, the the window fitter or repair person, I think I mentioned on a previous episode that I made some initial phone calls to potential window repair people, and I didn't actually get very far. So I I tried a couple of them, didn't find the answer or or didn't find a a solution, potential solution. So I handed that over to a VA to go out and, and find other options and try and book things in. And I think... The VA I was working with, if I'd had a, a sort of closer relationship with them, that process could have been improved as well. So, for example, they they went out, found tradespeople. Then the process of arranging the physical meetings at the property was then quite a bit of back and forth with me. Whereas if I had a, a virtual assistant who had access to my diary and things, that could have been smoothed out more and they could have actually just seen when I was available and put things in my diary for me. It should have been would have been much better. So I, I think there are there are tweaks that I could have done, small improvements around the, the edges. And I suppose another possibility would have been hiring a, a virtual assistant type person or maybe a service like Viewber for actually meeting people at the, the property. So for example, after the cleaners knew what they were doing, on their designated day they need to be let into the property. So I could have hire someone for for half an hour to go to the property and let them in. I don't know whether there would have been much value in that in terms of the the return on the the spend, but maybe. I don't think I could have used that sort of service or a person or a virtual assistant, well, obviously it wouldn't be virtual, physical assistant, to sort of walk around the property and get tradespeople to give quotes and things because you, you have to know what you want. You have to know what's wrong with the property and be able to point to the right things and get the right right feedback so yeah i 
I don't know. I, I think it's very difficult. I think property does just take time and, and money to, to put it into the process and get it right. Yeah, that's definitely my experience. It takes time and money. <laughs> right. Speaking of time. Exactly, yes. We have gone <laughs> massively over time this week. I think we shouldn't have tried to squeeze two two topics in, into one. <laughs> that was my fault, sorry. <laughs> so I think we'd better finish up, unless you've got anything, any last-minute things to squeeze in, Stuart? No, you're shaking your head. Excellent. No one else can see that, but we, we have a video feed while we're recording. But it's just audio for, for everyone listening, so I'm, I'm sorry you don't get to see. Stuart's shake, shaking his head, but he has said there's nothing else. So it just remains for me to say thank you very much for listening. Please do let someone else know about this if you're enjoying it. We'd, we'd love for more people to be able to listen and share in our, our experiences and, and turmoil of working in property. You can find show notes with any links we've mentioned at thebusinessofproperty.com. And Stuart and I will talk to you again next week.